It's a great pleasure to welcome Jan Roo, who is the executive of the Digital Workplace Management at BCX. And boy, oh boy, do we know how the uh, workplace has changed over the last three years, and it does continue to evolve. Jan, it's really good to see you. Welcome to What's Next. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Rocky. Appreciate it. Listen, Jan, I mean, there's all sorts of different uh, acronyms and words that people are using. And in this case, we're talking about DM, no, DWM, which stands for Digital Workspace Management. What exactly is Digital Workspace Management? So, so the Digital Workspace Management is a business unit with inside DCX that's focusing on, on the end user computing side. Now, I think we will all agree that the end user space have changed significantly um, even prior to the COVID, but I think COVID just accelerated that change. So DWM is, is a business unit that that's the sole purpose is around focusing on the digital workspace management side. Um, traditionally, like I said, we, we, the, the end user space was very much focused around the end user device, whether it's a, a notebook or a, a PC, um, sitting at some sort of campus environment. And with the digital workspace um, evolution, I mean, uh, the whole area has really changed around how we deal with the, the end user support side. So suddenly, it's not just about the endpoint uh, end device, but really the digital workspace is around technology, applications, various endpoint devices, whether it might be uh, tablets, wearables, mobile phones, definitely, obviously the notebook environment. So the whole digital workspace management areas is, is around this whole ecosystem that the end user now needs to live in and that they need to be uh, enabled to, to be able to do their job. And that's really the, the, the focus on digital workspace management versus the old traditional end user space. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And I think when you look at it, and you described it really well, because if you look at that ecospace, you know, before it was really largely focused a lot around hardware, right? And you had the software around it. And, you know, we've got all sorts of other layers of complexity that come into this. You know, there's uh, the, the cyber threats, for example. It's uh, what are you putting up in the cloud? How are you using those kind of things? So you correctly say, I mean, this this evolution, and that's, I guess, the question I want to ask you is how, how did the evolution of the digital workspace change the way that ICT service providers have had to look at traditional end-user support? Because we've seen huge changes over the last few years. Absolutely, and and um, and it completely changed the game for us. So where we we sort of tend to 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 focus, we used to focus on on the endpoint, like I said, whether it was the notebook or the endpoint device. It was a very simple environment for us. It was ring fenced in a campus environment. Uh, perimeter security was was dealt with by by the security team, and suddenly the whole market changed. And 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 it, there's a, there's a numerous things that sort of added to the complexity. So um, when it comes to something as simple as just all these different components that makes up the, 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 the digital workspace now. Like I said, software, um, you think about connectivity, you think about applications, and anything in between. Suddenly, not just around um, the, the endpoint device, you know, even the skills that you need to have now and the visibility of this environment you need to have. So definitely increase the complexity. Hand in hand with that, obviously, the end users, you know, they, 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 I don't want to call it spoiled, but definitely much more greater flexibility, work from home, mobile users, you need to offer a, a wide range of support and, and irrespective of the environment of this end user, they actually expect you to, to be flexible enough to, to, to need to offer them the support irrespective of, of, of the environment that they're operating. And, and that user experience, you know, whether they're using a tablet, wearables, mobile phones, notebooks, again, 
seamless intuition, uh, intuitive sort of experience to make sure that you really focus around the endpoints of Ireland. So we definitely had to take a step back and make sure that we actually got visibility of this environment because it just added so much more to the environment that we need to support. So um, proactive monitoring is something that was uh, became more and more and more important for us. It's something that you can't do without because of all these different components. And you mentioned that in, in the beginning, uh, the security. Suddenly, security, which never was really a, apart from the endpoint antivirus type security that, that we used to worry about, suddenly with these mobile users, um, using all different applications, etc. Security is critical um, all the way from the endpoint device all the way to sort of the cloud environment that integrates these endpoint devices. Absolutely fascinating. And I guess that it, uh, you know, when you start talking about security and all these different layers, there's, there's a lot of complexity. Let's be honest. It's not the same as it was five years ago, as you correctly mentioned. So my question is, how, how on earth does BCX ensure the efficient management of the digital workspace. How do you do it? So yeah, so like I mentioned uh, uh, when, we, when we kicked off, is, is that the first thing we did was we really realized that this to be a focused environment. So we actually ring-fenced it and said, listen, it can't be an afterthought. We really need to make sure that we need to look at this holistically end to end. So we actually got a dedicated uh, business unit looking after just endpoint devices or end user support or the digital workspace management area. Um, that includes a whole combination of things. We've got a, a dedicated, what we call the nerve center, and that really is sort of a command center that gives us visibility. Now, obviously this visibility 24 seven, we've got a whole range of tools that we've deployed that measures everything from the physical applications that the, 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 the users use the hardware devices, the speed of the connectivity, um, and very much a proactive approach. The, the key thing is that because of the, the fact that we've got end users now spread literally across the world, not more in a campus environment, but all the way of having a, a, a sort of hacker techie or desktop engineer running around doing support just doesn't work anymore. So the remote support is absolutely critical. So we've got this nerve center using a combination of tools and processes and obviously people doing the support, monitoring it, getting alerts, jumping in. And the main focus is really fixing these issues way actually, before it actually impacts the end users. And that's the key focus for us, is around making sure that um, even something as, 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 as simple as auto-healing, um, learn from your experiences, detect issues, make sure that if we detect something that we've seen in the past for a user that's sitting in London versus someone that might be sitting in uh, in, in Joburg, you know, we detect those issues, we go in and we actually very often the tools can actually remediate that issue before it impacts on the end user. Because the option of sending someone out is just not there anymore. We need to be able to do it remotely using tools and technology. It's, a, it's, it's, it's actually very interesting. You think of how much you can preempt, right? What you can see, the visibility that you have of what the users are doing, what's coming and, you know, what possible dangers could, you know, could be lurking around there. You can preempt a lot of that stuff. Um, and even from a hardware point of view, you know, I mean, um, we were talking a few weeks ago, uh, for example, like if a, if, a, if a hard disk is about to fail, for example, you get preempted on that sort of thing and you prevent that from happening when it does happen. Now, when you look at this and you look at the traditional way of measuring performance and we talk about SLAs and, and all that sort of thing, are, are SLAs still relevant in this digital workspace era? I suppose it's definitely moving, in my personal view, moving away from the traditional way of 
you know, the, the old, it was a very reactive type of approach, you know, um, time to respond, time to repair, um, I suppose in desktop, a little bit of uptime, you know, and, it, it, and the, the problem is that it's very much reactive. It's very much, very much device focused, which is not ideal. As we said, there's just too much moving pieces in this whole environment now to look at that traditional way of dealing with SLAs. So the reality is that, and we believe in BCX, that unless you can actually measure, uh, we call it the digital uh, satisfaction score. So the, 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 the end user needs to be able to be productive. He needs to be able to work. Now, the fact that if something breaks, um, I can meet SLA every single day if, if, if it goes wrong. But if it goes wrong every single day on the same end user, it's not a productive user. And it sort of impacts on the business. Now, we believe moving away from the traditional SLA, which I suppose is, 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 is a bit of a mind shift change for a lot of the, the CIOs and a lot of the business out there, but definitely looking more way, away from the hardware component and, 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 and putting almost that end user in the middle and, and all these layers of, of the digital workspace around them, uh, hardware, software, applications, connectivity, and even the end user's experience. So we've got ability for an end user to actually tell us that he's not happy with the way things are going. He feels his application is too slow. He feel, feels it takes too long for him to print at home or from his uh, home office or from wherever he is. So we believe moving away from the, the sort of reactive, um, typical response time type SLA to a more user-focused end user satisfaction score, which really filters down to that um, end, um, you know, net promoter score from the employees. So yes. very much align the end user satisfaction rather than looking at individual reactive uh, SLA type approach. Yeah, it's very interesting to see the, the, the how things have shifted, you know, from, from that point of view, because, you know, the parameters have changed, the dynamics have changed. And mm -hmm. when you talk about the net promoter score, it's interesting and the productivity, and I guess, if you compare the productivity of people remote working today versus at the start of the pandemic in 2020, for example, I'm pretty sure that people are a lot more productive today because we've learned so much. So when you look at the business benefits, what would those business benefits be of a higher employee net promoter score? So, so I think that's actually what, what, what's so key for us. Now, I think historically, you know, maybe the end user support side was almost a little bit of a grudge purchase because you've got these oaks running around fixing problems and there was very little business benefit. With this new focus around the end user um, and making sure that the, 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 the digital wellness or the digital satisfaction scores is, is a good score for the end users, we truly believe that by increasing the, the, the um, net promoter score of the of, of end user, there's definitely a, a, a direct translation around the, the, the business benefit that, that a company can get. Now, I think we will all agree that sort of a uh, employer retention is key. There's, there's a huge skill shortage out there. And in the market, we need to compete. The companies out there compete for the best skills. And having happy employees, without a doubt, makes them more productive. It definitely filters down to the to ultimately to the to the business and the, and the competitiveness of, the, of those businesses, um, and that's why we see the, the the end user space and when we actually engage with the client, not just as a grudge purchase or a reactive purchase, making sure that things keep on working. We actually truly believe there's a business benefit in the way we actually deal with our clients. You know, directly if clients or, or customers or the employees are happy, they definitely treat their customers better. So customer satisfaction is definitely a very good spin-off. 
Um, and, and, you know, sort of all those, the spin-off benefits that comes from having happier employees because they are more productive, less issues, working in a very stable and, and uh, innovative sort of environment. Uh, definitely yes. falls to the, to the clients and their, and their clients. Now, Jan, you've been in the business for a lot more than two decades, and you've been as a, in the role as a CIO. You've been a, there as a managing director. I mean, you've seen it all in this ICT industry, and there, there's been tremendous changes in the time that you've started. Where, where is this digital workspace going? Where, where is this environment going? Is it? Um, and I guess there's been such massive strides being made in the last few years, and it continues to evolve, I guess, uh, is, is probably one of the answers. But when you look at where we're going and you compare this to traditional ICT service providers, um, are, are people ready for these changes that are happening? And where, where do you see it all going? Yeah, I think the, the, the end user space has probably been one of those, uh, and probably COVID definitely helped a little bit, but definitely sort of uh, catapulted us into a completely different environment and, and both from a from an expectation so the employee expectation side and from the technology side now if you look at the employee expectation side suddenly what used to be the norm is completely out the window yes there's still the office environment etc but the reality is that the expectation and of, of, of these employees actually changed they need flexibility they need a uh, a well-balanced work environment and, and, and that's something that we need to take into consideration where we actually build our engagement model with our clients. So on the one side, when it comes to operational way and how we deal with it, we look at the employee side and their expectations uh, of, of, of how they actually want to build um, the environment that they're working. From a technology side, I think this we've only seen the peak of the iceberg. Now, you know, digital workspace, like I mentioned, it's around applications and hardware and connectivity, everything that falls around it. But We've seen, we've seen that there's so much technology coming through that will definitely impact on the way we do business. You know, we're talking about um, artificial intelligence. I think we literally is at the beginning of something that is going to be major. It's going to be massive on how we actually deal with it. Now, we need to, as an ICT provider, we need to be ready to cope with that, to cope with things like artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning. You know, we can't, uh, there's a skill shortage. So we have to make sure that when we engage with clients, the way we support them, the way we actually deal with them on a day-to-day -day basis, we actually build that intellectual IP that we used to sit in the in the, in the heads of, of technical resources running around, because the scale is just not there anymore. Put it into things like machine learning, artificial intelligence. You know, there's, uh, there's automated routines. So, so literally, and not just for us as a service provider, but even when it comes to, our clients, you know, they're going to have exactly the same technology to them as well. So suddenly, um, it's sort of the, the exponential growth in these uh, additional technologies that we keep on encountering that we as a service provider need to, 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 to be able to support. The key thing for us is to make sure that we're actually ahead of that curve, to make sure that we preempt those and to make sure that we actually um, can support those without the real impact of the end user or the business. Because what we need to become is not really just a, a, a reactive service provider, but a business enabler using and assisting our clients to be able to use all these technologies to, to, to grow their businesses as well. Absolutely fascinating. It, it, it will be interesting to have a chat in a year from now and uh, even in, in five years from now to compare our discussion today, Jan, and where it's going, but it's certainly evolving, and it's evolving at a very fast pace. And as you say, 
you've got to stay ahead of the curve because if you don't st- stay ahead of the curve, it's going to be to the detriment of your business. Um, and, and of course, uh, other organizations are staying ahead of the curve. They are being more productive. They are getting the maximum value out of their employees working in that digital workspace. Yanru, absolutely fantastic chatting to you, Executive for Digital Workplace Management at BCX. Jan, thank you for joining us on What's Next. Thanks, Nati. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.